This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's good? Welcome back to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope everyone enjoyed their weekend. We've got national recruiting analyst Gabe Brooks on the line to discuss a recent run of big-time commitments nationally. We hinted at it all of June following the official visits, following the lifting of the dead period when recruits are finally going to hit campuses. We saw this coming. We saw a string of commitments coming. But Gabe, before we get into some of the big commitments over the last week, I want to ask you, how are we doing? How was vacation? It was good. You know, it's never long enough. You know, I just hung around and did a bunch of yard work and, you know, kind of just took it easy. It was a very good, uh, very good week off. Much needed. Nothing like a little yard work to uh, to kind of relax, right, during vacation. I think you were dealing with an ant issue. Now, I will say this. We get some ants here in Southern California, especially once the temperatures start to get to the triple digits. And I, I had to call in the experts. You know, I, I tried my best to fend off the ants from my avocado tree. They were swarming my, my little key lime tree that I have as well in the backyard. But, you know, at the end of the day, I was just like, dude, I have no... I have no desire to be standing out here in 98 degree weather fighting all these ants. Yeah, I, uh, I I waged a war all week on the ants. And, you know, it's kind of a feeling of like winning several battles, but still not winning war. And, you know, tried to go the non-toxic route and used boiling water. So I made sure to scorch some of the some of the grass and, uh, you know, tried tried using cold pressed orange oil which apparently if you mix with water will do the trick and it has worked it's just they just keep on coming and as we've had a ton of rain in the spring and it has even continued to rain into the summer and the rain makes them worse because it brings them up to the surface so it's uh you know you never want to cheer against rain in texas summers but we've been so waterlogged and we've had so much trouble with fire ants that it probably wouldn't hurt to have a little break from rain, honestly. Yikes. Well, that doesn't sound any fun. And obviously, hopefully everything works out for you as you get back from vacation <laughs> and you and you, uh, you know, tend to, to more important matters. And, and that's what we're here to discuss. Let's start at the top with Jeremiah Alexander, the five-star edge rusher from the state of Alabama who committed to the Crimson Tide, giving Alabama a nice little boost as the summer kicks off. They've been starting the recruiting class a bit slow in terms of the national rankings. You see the Ohio States of the world, the LSUs. The, those types of programs that have gotten off to really good starts, Alabama slowing, starting a little slower, being a bit more methodical, but they land a big one with Jeremiah Alexander, the number one edge in the composite. He's 6'2", 235. And when you, you talked about the ants coming and coming and, and, and you know never stopping, this is the prototypical edge rusher that you want to see at the top of the board. 
Yeah, he's he's interesting because you watch him and, and physically, like his play style really fits that standing edge role, which is what he often is playing for Thompson High School, Alabaster, Alabama, you know, a perennial power in Alabama football, a couple state championships here lately, I believe. But he his, again, his play style is that of an edge, and he's definitely a, a pass rusher by nature. But physically, he like he really has the look of you know if this was 20 you know, 15 20 years ago he seems a lot like somebody who would be a run and hit classic off-ball linebacker real stout through the quads and big through the shoulders and really hot motor uh you know just a relentless relentless defender you know in the in the the production backs it up last three years 309 tackles 72 tackles for loss just a guy who flies around and and in today's game where you need athletic uh you know functionally athletic edge benders to get after the quarterback he really projects more as an edge than than maybe he would have in in the years past and i feel like at that position you no longer need instant production right like i don't i don't know if you look at alabama and you look at the incoming five star prospect like a jeremiah alexander and you say all right we need eight sacks from this guy as a freshman right like they have too much depth they have too many bodies especially at that position along the defensive front and this is a player who I, I think physically you you touched on it there uh has a lot of that upside that you like to see at the spot and, and not necessarily something that you would expect a player to go in there dominate from day one now he's capable he could go in and play some snaps but I'm not sure that I'm not sure I'm expecting him to go in there and be a, an all-american type from day one yeah, I mean, that's the one of the things about a place like Alabama is that, you know, it's not often somebody goes in and immediately is a an every down player, even a, you know, rotational guy. Like it's it's not real common that you have, a, especially in their defensive front. You know, it's, it's like you said, you often have to wait your turn and. I mean that's why that's why Alabama's Alabama. You can take a guy who's a top ten player in the country in the top two four seven rankings, and he may have to wait his turn because of just all of the you know the the freak shows they already have on their roster. Yeah, and then that's no knock on Jeremiah Alexander, obviously the number one edge in the 2022 class headed to Alabama. He's one player that's staying close to home, an in-state prospect going to play for the Tide. Now let's talk about a player who's leaving the South, or at least is is leaving the South right now. He's announced his commitment to Oregon. That would be four-star wide receiver Isaiah Satania. He's got a really interesting profile. He comes from two parents that are Olympic athletes. Uh, he's a speed burner himself, a really standout track star, uh, sub 11 this spring uh, a few times and is one of the more dynamic pass catchers in the country. What are the Oregon Ducks getting in Isaiah Satania? Well, you touched on it there. This, this is somebody who his football context, like what he's done on the field is encouraging. It's strong, but what really puts the exclamation mark on his profile as a prospect in the long term is his track profile, track and field profile. I mean, he, his father was a All-American decathlete at LSU. His mother was a sprinter at LSU who ran for Jamaica in the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona. 
So not only does does he do the track and field stuff on his own, he's got the pedigree. You know, that's that's something that 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 means something. I mean, the pedigree means something. And you know, you look, you go down the list of of what he does and. 10 8 100 meter time as a freshman uh, he went 29 6 200 as a sophomore he went sub 50 in the 400 as a sophomore he has a 6 6 high jump a 24 plus foot long jump and he you know he competes in 10 events just like his his dad did so you combine that with with going from 35 catches, 691 yards, and one touchdown as a sophomore to 41 for 823 and eight touchdowns as a junior. And he is definitely trending in the right direction. This this should be somebody who has a lot of, of upside. And Oregon has been known for producing some of those speedsters, the guys that they can get out in space, especially in that offense, that up-tempo, quick-fire offense where they get guys in space and get them out to attack defenders. Uh, one-on-one, I think he'd be an ideal fit for what they want to do offensively. Having brought in a high-caliber quarterback in the 2021 class and Ty Thompson from the state of Arizona and uh, you know, obviously having built that offensive line the way they want to under coach Mario Cristobal. I think Satania gives them a nice little option to dump it off, to let him explode. And also uh, he has that chance to to burn defenses over the top. So a, a well-rounded prospect. And, and I think a, a really nice get for Oregon to get out to the state of Arkansas and beat out several schools down South, as well as a, a major suitor out West, which was USC. Satania took an official visit out to Los Angeles as well in June. So the Ducks land a big one down in Arkansas. Let's stay down there in that part of the country and, and talk about Chris Graves. He's a four-star athlete, also made his decision in the last week. He's headed to play for Miami, his in-state prospect from Fort Myers, Florida, 6'1", 175, uh, a top 15 athlete in the country. What do we like about Chris Graves when we're able to dissect and and maybe kind of take a closer look at some of the athletes uh, across the board? This is somebody who probably sooner or later, perhaps sooner, could be moved to a corner projection. Having said that, he he's certainly in a, worthy of the athlete level uh, label because he's played both ways, and and for the reasons he fits the athlete label, that makes him that you know that makes him valuable as a corner because you know as as recent drafts have shown, key things we look for in defensive backs, especially corners, are two way snaps, ball skills fostered by those two way snaps. Production. I think one of the new catchphrases is ball production. So, in other words, I mean, catches, yards, touchdowns, 27 catches for 500 yards and four touchdowns, playing full time snaps at receiver and corner. He's got the frame, he's got the look. I recently saw him at Pylon Nationals and he was very good. He, he looked very smooth and fluid and uh, somewhat effortless in his, his movement patterns, mirroring some really good receivers at that event. Got his hands on, you know, for several pass breakups. He had a particularly difficult interception at one point in one of the the later games, uh, playing for Cam Newton's seven on seven team that that won the whole thing. So he's, you know, the the offensive offensive context. He's a track guy. I believe his best is eleven oh one, which you know you're getting down there to that eleven second threshold. That that's that's legitimate speed. So you combine the frame, track context, the on field two-way context and it's you know it should be a recipe for uh, a lot of potential moving forward 
Now, ball production, is that kind of like the football equivalent of, of OPS? I mean, are you just basically combining a bunch of different stats? Well, I'm, I think it's just how they're calling it. Like, I've seen it referred to that lately. Like, if somebody has, like, a lot of, you know, catches or yards or touchdowns, they're calling Instead of just saying production, they say ball production. I think it's kind of like one of the newer... Uh, you know, when arm talent kind of became a catch, <laughs> catch phrase. I, I uh, think we all we are all saying off platform now as well. That's yeah, another you know yeah. little jargon that we've thrown into every conversation. I don't know why they see the need to throw ball in front of it. I think production kind of speaks for itself there. So I've I've had to make sure since that has crept into my consciousness to personally avoid using it. Run blocking is not a part of ball production. <laughs> no, if you're, if no. you're a receiver, yeah, yes. you get you get you get no love from uh, from ball production there. So we've talked about Alabama getting a commitment. We've talked about Miami now getting a commitment. Oregon, the reigning Pac-12 champions, getting a commitment. Now the the number one class in the 2022 group, Ohio State, also picked up a big commitment this last week. That would be four-star offensive lineman George Fitzpatrick from the state of Colorado. They beat out the likes of Oregon and Oklahoma, Florida. Uh, Michigan, a few other schools for that commitment. And this is a player who, if I'm kind of gauging it or if I'm putting it on a scale, it is really high on my intriguing list because he, he's late developing physically. I, I think he was about 250, 255 around this time last year, heading into his junior year. Now has ballooned up to 285, 290. So really coming into his own physically and still growing and still, I, I think, maybe trying to figure out where his body is going to take him. But this is a player who has tremendous upside, tremendous potential to be in either either uh, left tackle or, or right tackle for the Ohio State Buckeyes. When you look at his film, when you see his profile, what do you see, Gabe? Well, he's somebody who, you know, I, I, I will admittedly say that I kind of am, am lean toward these guys who are leaner. Um, I Just because I, I, I get a little scared of guys getting too big too early. So these guys who, who are leaner going into their junior years and, you know, 285-ish going into your senior, senior year, I I like seeing that just because it's a lot easier to gain in college than to lose. There are some guys who have kind of bucked that kind of mini mini trend in the last few years, like Makai Becton and others like that. But, uh, you know, at the same time, the generally the data in recent drafts has shown that the leaner, the sub 300 guys are, are higher up on the board. Uh, having said that, something you have to look out for with the leaner guys is being too narrow. And I don't really think that that's an issue uh, with Fitzpatrick. I think he has a pretty, pretty good frame. You know, I don't think there's verified size on him. So it, ideally we'd have a verified height and, and wingspan, but from what you wingspan is really hard to judge uh, unless you have unless you have an actual verified number, uh, even in person, it's hard to judge sometimes just with the naked eye. It's not like height, but he looks on tape to have the requisite frame. I mean, I think he's a true tackle. Um, he's played right tackle the last couple of years. I do think he probably has a physical profile that he could end up playing on the left side in the long run. Uh, if he is indeed long enough and, you know, can maintain the, the promising foot quickness and, and lateral range that we've seen from him on tape as a right side guy. I think that his natural movement ability is is pretty encouraging um, and, and should give him 
a higher ceiling in, in you know, past pro situations. Along the same lines as the, the size and the frame not being verified, he is, he's a functional athlete, but we don't have the ideal track and field data in the form of shot putter discus or, you know, we don't have combine stuff on him. So there's there's some gray area about just how athletic, uh, there's just not as much data. Like what your eyes tell you is like you said, intriguing is like the perfect word for, for what I think, uh, Fitzpatrick is. He can either be a, a first round draft pick that is kind of going under the radar, or he can be one of those enigmas, right? That we don't really know a lot about, but is still highly ranked enough because of what we know. I mean, this could be either a top top 32 player in the country, or he might not be drafted at all. I mean, that's that's just how it is, obviously, with without knowing a lot of context on him. But he is, like you mentioned, one of the one of those players that we look at from a frame standpoint and and three or four years from now, we're like, okay, that makes sense because he was 250 heading into his junior year and he's still growing and he's still going to fill out. And and once you get to college, you want players that are going to grow and not have to cut back. You know, there's there's the anomalies. There's those that are not technically fitting that profile, like a Panay Sewell who went top 10 in the NFL draft this spring. You know, he had to lose 20 to 25 pounds once he got to Oregon. But, you know, typically you want the player at, at the offensive line position that is going to have to gain some of some of those some of those pounds and, and some of that strength. And, and Gabe, before we let you go, there's been a lot of conversation recently and and brought up mostly by our our pal Greg Biggins on this podcast because Quinn Ewers is the number one prospect in the 2022 class. I know a lot of of our guys at 24-7 Sports were impressed with what they saw out of Walter Nolan at the Future 50 and at several other events. And there's a third player, though, who's been making a case for number one in the 2022 class. That would be Florida State commit Travis Hunter. You got to see him recently at the Pylon Nationals out in Texas. He's a player from, from Suwannee, Georgia, 6'1", 165, corner, but it could also play on the offensive side of the ball, I believe. And, and you know when you look at his athleticism, when you look at just how freakish he is, there is a serious case to be made there as him being potentially the, the top player in this class. Without a doubt. He is... The way I put it to talking to people is is that what he did in the pylon uh, seven-on-seven setting was as good as any individual performance I think that I might have seen in any setting. He, he was, I mean, just completely unstoppable on offense, the best cover man there by far, somebody who just has incredible body control and spatial awareness and uh, he's got the twitch and the fluidity and the suddenness and he'll go up and get it over you and uh, he has just an absolute super alpha field demeanor which is what you want to see in a corner and I mean he's barking and talking and I mean he's he is the he's the lead dog out there and you know, he's playing for a loaded uh, Cam Newton team that and going both ways and you know the the one or two times over the course of the, the couple of days that I saw him get legitimately beat on a on a route he literally came back the next play and intercepted the pass. So, I mean, this is somebody who is honestly, he's one of the best players I think I've I've ever seen. Again, this is not in pads. This isn't real football, but like if you're looking for production, I mean, there's nobody else in the country who has that kind of production as a, a skill position athlete on, you know, going either way. So, you know, the one, far be it for me to say that, 
the lack of data is doesn't matter because I mean I'm as big on the data as anybody. So we don't have you know we don't have tracker testing, but like in his case, I don't even think that's necessary. We do know that he I believe he plays basketball and is very good. As I could you know, it was pretty easy to see his just his physical ability and and all like this high pointing and timing and all that. You could see how it translates to multiple sports, and he definitely has a case to be the number one player in the country. It's just a case of like Quinn Ewers is probably the best quarterback prospect in the last few years. And the last four NFL drafts, quarterbacks have gone number one. Uh, the, you know, the last number one pick who wasn't a quarterback was Miles Garrett. And, you know, I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon. And I, I know that there is some, there's some disagreement about position value shouldn't matter in regards to all this, but, Again, we're projecting to the NFL draft, and I think at the very top up there, position does have to play a role uh, at some level. It doesn't have to be the most important thing, but I do think it needs to play some role. For, for example, I, I think Hunter, just given the last couple of drafts, these big interior defensive line types don't seem to be valued as much as they used to be, and I think Hunter has a real case to be ahead of Walter Nolan, at least, if, if not being number one overall. So. You know, it's a it's basket. It's more and more basketball on grass. And I think the guys catching the passes and defending the passes and throwing the passes are probably at the, you know, the the highest value possible right now. Travis Hunter making a case for number one in the 2022 class. We've got an update later this month over at 24-7 Sports. We will continue to update the rankings in the 2022 class, and Gabe Brooks does a terrific job of handling uh, a lot of that with the film and the data work. And and so obviously, Gabe, appreciate all your work, and, and people could follow him on Twitter at Gabriel D. Brooks. You could also send him uh, whatever ant fighting suggestions you may have. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes. I'll take whatever. All right. That is Gabe Brooks. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. For more from Gabe, make sure you stay locked in at 247sports.com. For Gabe, myself, Larry Angulo, thanks for listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.